I'm actually going to get right into it. And they really want to know how. You know, how can I blaze my own path? Uh, how can I be successful? Um, how can I follow the path that someone else has laid for me to be successful? Me to be successful. Sitting on deuces while the burn. Still been rap music because I want more. All money, yeah, and it's just us four. It's just copy, it's just Harvey, it's just Rampart. It's just Adam, it's just Black Sam and both the fast. Where your 600 bands, where your rollers at? Where your Cuban links, where your rollies at? All right, welcome back to another episode of Pocket Change. Man, we back, man. How you feeling, Kay? Feeling good, feeling great. Ready to talk this shit? <laughs> Let's go, man. Let's go. Um, all right, well, tonight we're talking about uh, Black Wall Street. Now, we're going to title this episode Black Wall Street because we want to talk about stocks and investments and we want to raise awareness and give some basic tips on uh, stocks and the market for our community. But we would be remiss if we didn't talk about the actual Black Wall Street. And if you're not familiar with what we're talking about, we're talking about the Tulsa Race Massacre that took place back in 1921 um more specifically may 31st through june 3rd june 1st 1921 um it killed about 39 people allegedly 26 black 13 white um around memorial day allegedly well not allegedly it's true Black Wall Street was um, a booming area of black businesses. One of the wealthiest black communities mm -hmm. at that time. At that time. It says some of the white residents were paid to be out, paid to attack. Wow. Some weren't. Wow. That's how I interpret deputized. Yeah, I mean... How else could you interpret it? Right. Yeah. Foolishness. Yeah. You know, I think um, I'm, I'm we're sitting here reading and researching. It said the massacre began during Memorial Day, as K-Mon said, uh, after 19-year-old Dick Rowland. He was a black shoe shiner. He was accused of assaulting Sarah Page. She was a 17-year-old white, white lady, um, elevator operator in a nearby building. He was taken into cu into custody and rumors stated that he was going to be lynched and all that was spread throughout the city. Uh, when the reports went out, there were mobs of hundreds of white men they gathered around the jail where he was being held and a group of 75 black men, some armed, arrived at the jail in order to ensure Mr. Rowland would not be lynched. Sheriff tried to persuade people to leave the jail assuming that he had the situation under control and long story short all hell broke loose and it went from there and I don't know about you man but I didn't hear about this story growing up you know truth be told I heard about it in my adult life mm -hmm. and I was outraged and I'm kind of glad I heard about it later in my adult life because I had more of an appreciation for it mm -hmm. um, I don't know that I would have appreciated it as much 
if I was trying to digest it as a teenager. Yeah, this the um not not learning about this growing up in school. Right. <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. Yeah, you know we, where we going yeah, with that. Yeah, we we'll leave it at that. But nevertheless Back um, to the stock market. Back to the stock market. You know, so understanding this story, understanding, you know, where we were economically back in the 20s. I say we, black people, where we were in the 20s. Um, in this particular area in Tulsa, Oklahoma, it emboldens us now to really talk about uh, what opportunities we have in front of us right now. And so, quite frankly, when I look around and see where we are today as a community, there is still a lack of education, a lack of information about investing, stock market, and things of that nature. Now, it's, it's become a buzz, right? You hear stuff about investing, buying stock, buying real estate, trading, crypto, options, take your pick, it's out there, everybody's yeah. talking about it. Splits. Um... <laughs> Like you said, calls, puts, yeah, man, Robin Hood, TD Ameritrade, yeah. all that. Um, so there's a lot out there, and if you guys are like me, you know, you see and hear a lot of this, and you're like, "Good grief, where do I start?" You know. And so, what I want to do today, what we want to do today, is really just talk through a few of the basics that you need to know. Give you some ideas where to start at. Yep. Give you some ideas where to start. And really, by the time you leave this episode, uh, again, this is not advice, it's suggestions, but you can leave this episode with a thought process of how to build um, your foundation, your base of where you start your investments so you can start to grow over time. Right. Yeah. So start that- to put information on top of information. Boom, there you go. On top of experiences. What 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 we call it, uh back at the uh back at the house is uh getting your feet wet. That's it. <laughs> That's it. There's a lot of that going on in my life right now. <laughs> you wanna talk about it? No, I was just kidding. Yeah, we can talk about it as we as we as we continue to go. Oh man. Alright, well let's get into it, man. Let's get into it. So um the first thing I wanna talk about is the market and really when you're talking about the stock market there's two types of markets generally speaking that you want to be familiar with that's a bear market and a bull market a bear market and a bull market a bear market basically uh, is when the stock prices they fall so if you're looking at stock prices and they're going down there's low investor confidence that is considered a bear market. As of today, this month of May that we're in, we are currently in a bear market. Stock pricing is down. By, yeah. by, by bear, do you mean we in the red? <laughs> um, you know, that's a complex question. In some cases, yes. In some mm-hmm. cases, no. You know, just because the market down doesn't mean you... Uh, technically in the red mm-hmm. but that goes back to did you buy it correctly in the first place right you know what I mean now if you overpaid for it and the market's down of course you are in the red mm-hmm. for sure so when it comes to 
being in the red or being green, is it more of like a, a stock by stock basis? Or could like today the market be majority red or majority green? Well, you know, it, you can look at it both ways, right? So mm -hmm. generally when we talk about a bear market and it being down, that's across pretty much all sectors, all industries. And there's usually mm -hmm. like a few different things that play into that. It could be um, inflation, right? Inflation could drive a bear market. The economy could be weakening in the United States. Uh, that could that could be signaling a bear market. Um, you know, it could be some political things happening mm -hmm. that could drive uh, us to a bear market. So there's there's a there's a bunch of different things that really are kind of pivotal to investors losing confidence and then stock prices falling. So what I'm gathering is to be effective, I'm not going to say to be effective, but to be wise about the stock market, it would behoove you to be aware of current events. Absolutely. Nationwide. Absolutely. Worldwide. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, mm, okay. You know, me personally, and again, it's not advice, just telling you what I do. Right. Uh, I watch news every day, believe it or not, every day. Um, I'm either watching it in the mornings to mm -hmm. see what's going on. I'm, I watch my local news. I try to watch uh, world news. If I don't get it from the TV, I have a few different other podcasts that I tune into. Mm -hmm. New York Times, the, the Daily, right? I tune into that. And then I, I subscribe to a few different articles that, you know, they'll send notifications to the phone. So, yes, I I think it's very, very wise to keep a good pulse on what's happening in the market because that way you will hear little tidbits of information that may or may not be important to you as you, like, lay out your investment strategy. So, definitely, definitely recommend that. Yeah, thank you. I was... I I have been hearing that, and I've I've been trying to do better about it, but there's just so much negative out there. I guess I just need to <laughs> filter my news correctly to give me the the most important thing. Yeah, and it's it's tough to do, right? It's it's kind of like getting sprayed with a water hose. Like you're gonna get it all, right? <laughs> I mean, when you turn the faucet on, it's coming out. Some some kind of way. Some kind of way, man. But um, you know, you have to kind of sift through. Uh, what's important for you and your plan. You know? Facts. Yeah. Um, the second part of the market I want to talk about is a bull market. So, mm. again, we just talked about the bear market. That's when the stock prices, stock pricing is down. A bull market is when the stock pricing is going up or it goes up. Um, and this is, this is an indication of high investor confidence. Mm. So, um, if we think back a year or two ago before we had a uh, administration change of presidents mm -hmm. uh, our stock market in the United States well really worldwide was in a was in a very bull market era there was a lot of high investor confidence um, stock pricing was at an all time high I won't, I won't get into like the specifics of you know this or that but there was a lot going on. There was a lot of stock being bought and traded. 
and there was a lot of money being made. Uh, so the bull market is when the pricing is, is, is going up. Mm-hmm. So depending on, well, I'll say this about the market. You're always going to experience both types throughout your journey of investing. The market historically is going to be up sometimes. It's going to be down sometimes. And as an investor, you have to learn how to, what I would say, weather the storm. Weather the storm. Ride the wave, whatever, however you want to interpret that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now, as a, I'm a semi-new investor, so in my mind, I like to think, regardless of how the market is doing that particular day, even though I might, even though I might be down in my position, <laughs> I'm not losing because I still got my stock. You do, you do, you do. So, but then when I sell or when I think about selling, that's when I'm losing. <laughs> but I'm not going to sell when I'm down anyway. Well, let me clarify that a little bit. So Yeah, clear that up. So a lot of investing from a, from a new newer standpoint mm-hmm. is evolved around emotion. True story. This is a true story. A lot of new investors make decisions based on how they feel. They don't do proper research. They don't understand fully the companies that they're buying shares in. Um, and apps like Robinhood have made it easier for people like you and I to go out and just buy stock without like a professional or some some other kind of fund or portfolio manager. Mm-hmm. And that's a good thing, right? That's a good thing. That's, we have access that we hadn't had before. Right. But the responsibility now is on us to do the research that that professional would have done so we can make good decisions. And so I want to talk about how we respond psychologically to uh, the ups and downs. So as a human being, is our natural tendency to respond to a loss. If you open your phone or your app and you see that this investment that you bought at X dollars is now down to X dollars, you're like, God dang it, man, I I lost. <laughs> For sure, absolutely. <laughs> I'm losing. I might as well cut my losses and move and on. now, yeah. <laughs> And that's you know that's that's natural for us to feel that way. Mm-hmm. But to your point though, like you said, it takes a, a, another level of maturity to look at that and say, "All right, I'm really not losing because I still own whatever share of this stock that I bought." Mm-hmm. So I'll use uh, you know Apple for example. So if I bought a share of Apple at a hundred dollars. And I, you know, I don't know what the price of Apple is today. I hadn't even looked. But if I bought a share of Apple at a hundred dollars today, and then I look at my phone this afternoon, and the price of Apple has gone down to sixty dollars, that means I feel like I've lost forty dollars. Mm-hmm. But in reality, you hadn't lost anything. You still own one share of Apple. It the price of it has just changed. Yeah. And so, depending on what's happening in the market there's certain factors that are going to dictate what that stock price is at any given time. Mm-hmm. So I think you made a good point when you said, hey, I'm really not losing because I still I still own a piece yeah. of the stock, or own a piece of the company. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and, and I will clarify this as well. In the stock market, when you buy stock, you are literally buying a piece of a company. Yes. 
you are these are publicly traded companies they have offered up their company in a bunch of different pieces and for all of those who want to own a piece of that the stock market is there for you to go out and buy a stock buy a piece of that company and own it for yourself mm -hmm. that's literally what we're talking about I like to take advantage of that <laughs> and be like, I'm a boss. Yeah. You know, <laughs> all these companies I own. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of speaking of um, owning multiple companies, um, that that's a great segue into uh, the diversification conversation. You know, um, yeah. How can you own <coughs> a bunch of companies? <clears throat> how can you diversify your portfolio? without having to do it one at a time. Well, this is where these new tools come, well, they're not new tools, but these tools come in like index funds, mutual funds, ETFs. Yes. Basically, generally speaking, these tools are roughly the same. There's a few nuances in between. Mm -hmm. For all the investor professionals that are listening to this, you know, not going into the details of the differences. Right. But I'm just generally speaking, an index fund, um, an ETF, which is exchange traded fund, or a mutual fund, those are different tools that are available that allow you to own multiple pieces of a company by simply buying one stock. So I'll give you an example. A good example of an index fund is uh, something you, if you watch the news, you'll see like the S&P 500, right? You'll see, uh, that company on the news when they're ha having their market segment or whatever and they'll say the S&P 500 is up 14 points or it's down 10 points or whatever. Mm -hmm. Basically the S&P 500 is a fund that encompasses 500 of uh, essentially the top companies in the United States. Right. So all of those companies are in that one fund. So those are your Facebook, Apple, Google, Tesla, which recently just made it. Amazon, like all of those companies are in that one fund. Mm -hmm. So if you buy a share of the S&P 500, that means you get instant exposure to 500 companies by just making one purchase. That's the SPY. <laughs> That's the SPY. Yeah, yeah SPY. Since, um, since I've been looking into stocks and ETFs and index funds and all those kinds of things, I think I've decided I like ETFs because okay. I mean it's natural because I like diversification <laughs> and I, I've all I've long believed you always got to diversify your portfolio 100% just like we talked about in with real estate mm -hmm. you got to diversify between flips and buy and hold mm-hmm and, yeah, all sorts of things. Long story short, diversify your portfolio. Diversify, diversify. And ETFs, index funds, they do just that. <laughs> you just got to study and find out which ones contain the products or the companies that you like and feel most confident about. Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, you know, and these there's, there's a wide range of products, right? Mm-hmm. There's your standard index funds or mutual funds there's there's sector uh index funds like if you want to have a fund that's all banking or all uh energy or all electric cars or oh yeah or all space exploration i mean that's a, i mean you can you can go down the rabbit hole all cannabis 
whatever. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 a lot out there. So you know, in terms of like, you know, for all my new investors out there, people that are considering uh, building the portfolios, um, I want to talk about you know building a base, right? And and so building a base is is super important because as we've discussed, we've discussed the market, we've discussed how stock prices rise and fall, and then we've talked about all these different uh, index and mutual funds. But I want to be clear, you can buy a bunch of funds at one time via an index fund, or you can buy one stock at a time. It's your choice, the market's wide open, doesn't really matter, you can do it. But in terms of building a base, um, again, I would make a suggestion. As you start to build your investment portfolio, what I would recommend is starting with a nice layer or a nice bottom form of index funds. They're not going to make you rich tomorrow, um, but they will grow slow and steady over time. Mm -hmm. They are safe, not sexy. They are. And with, with, with generational wealth we're looking for safe <laughs> we're not looking for sexy we're looking for year on year growth right exactly you know I, I would say to tie this into like a a comparison that you can think about I, I, get, I use a car comparison index funds are like buying a a Toyota Camry <clears throat> you know it's nice, it's safe, it's reliable. Mm-hmm. You know, people are familiar with it, they're comfortable with it, and they have a good reputation. A individual stock purchase, you know, if you're trying to chase the rabbit and make the quick money, it can be like buying a Ferrari. You know, maybe you can get it, but it might cost you, and it might not, it might not last as long as the camera it might not be as reliable as the camera right mm-hmm. so while the new hot shiny thing can be attractive depending on your situation it might not be the best so in terms of building a base or building a foundation I would always recommend starting with the safe funds and then as you grow those safe funds and you pile on more of those safe steady funds you'll start to create some consistent returns that mm-hmm. you can feel good about and then once you get to a point where those returns are at a place where you want them then you can start to layer in some individual stuff you know hey I want to take a gamble on Tesla or I want to take a gamble on you know this new cannabis stock or whatever yeah. you know, I want to maybe dibble dabble in an option or whatever you can start to do that stuff mm-hmm but you got to establish a base. Got to have a base. Yes. Yes. Um, the other advice, well, I'm not giving advice. A suggestion is a recommendation. Yeah. Leave your investments alone. You talked about it earlier. You're like, man, I log in. One day is red. One day is green. A lot of people do that. I do that. Mm-hmm. You know, in fact, when I first got hooked up to Robinhood, man, I had the widget like on the home screen of my phone. Like, I wanted all the notifications. I wanted to look at it, like, every minute, every second of mm-hmm. every day. I wanted to know if I was winning. 
Yes. Or losing. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, but you know, it that habit can lead to bad behavior, right? It can it can mm-hmm. lead to you making emotional, emotional decisions. Yeah, emotional yeah. behavior, yeah. So, you know, you can wake up in the morning, you could be up a whole bunch, and then you can look at lunch, you down a whole bunch, you're like, Oh man, this sucks and then by the end of the day you don't went on this roller coaster ride and it was all break even. Right. And you went through all those emotions for nothing. Mm-hmm. And for those reasons I would say when you make your investments, especially if you establish a good base, put it in, leave it alone, and let it do its thing because the market historically is gonna go up, it's gonna go down. But over the long term, it has a positive return. Right. So you just got to think. You got to play the long game. You got to play the long game. You got to play the long game. Long term hold. Yep. Long term hold. Um. There's another thing I probably want to talk about. I want to talk about robo advisors. Um. Mm. There's some companies out there like Betterment or Wealthfront. Now, <clears throat> Betterment is a company that I've recently started using. And these robo-advisors, basically, when you put your money in and you kind of go through what you want your investment strategy to be, these robo-advisors will basically do it for you. That's Mm -hmm. some way to put it. And so it takes a lot of the guesswork out. Um, You know, obviously, the robo-advisors are tuned into the market and trends and know what's going on and know how aggressive you want to be or how conservative you want to be. And they will mitigate and adjust your investments according to your your taste so i think for new investors starting out um that is a good tool to use to take advantage of um another thing that i want to talk about is a 401k Absolutely. so you know if you work at a company or you work at a, a job a 401k or 403b 401k is for typically people that work at commercial companies uh, a lot of these companies will have that tool in place if you are a teacher or you work in some kind of nonprofit sector or something along those lines, you're going to be exposed to a 403B. They're essentially the same thing. They, they serve the same purpose. And it's, it's basically uh, a tool that allows you to invest your money for retirement purposes. Right. Right. And they have a typical <clears throat> 401K or 403B. And now they have Roth options of that. Basically, the first option, all your money goes in, it's subtracted from your uh, taxable income, and so it goes in pre-tax, meaning it's not taxed before it goes in there. But when you get to retirement age, or you get to a point where you want to pull it out, you will pay taxes at that time when you pull it out. Now, for a Roth version of that same investment plan, that money goes in post-tax. So... You've already paid taxes on your dollar. You put that dollar into your retirement. The good thing about a Roth uh, 401k or 403b is that when you pull that money out at retirement age, you don't pay any more taxes on it. Pre-tax. Right, because you you paid it when it was going in. Mm -hmm. So, again, it's your choice on which one you want to use. If I'm making suggestions and we're talking through Black Wall Street, build a generational wealth, absolutely (laughs) invest in your 401k. Nine times out of ten, your company is going to offer a match. A match. It could be three percent, six percent, ten percent. I saw McDonald's at one point was offering fifty percent. I know, right? And so, 
you know, it, it, that's a very attractive offer because the company matches free money. So that literally means for every dollar you put in, they put in a dollar and they put it up to a certain percentage. Mm -hmm. So if you're not investing in your 401k or your 403b, um, that's a no-no. And if you're not maxing out the match, that's also a no-no because you're leaving free money on the table. Free money. Right. You should be taking advantage of that. And if you do that and you invest and you get your money and that free money over a long over a period of time, at some point the money is going to compound. And what I mean by compounding interest is 10 goes to 20, 20 goes to 40, 40 goes to 80, 80 goes to 160. And that's how you want your money to grow over time. Your interest yes. is getting interest. Your interest is getting interest. And so we cannot afford as a community to not be taking advantage of these types of tools. We can't afford to not understand the market, understand the basics of like building a, a platform, building a base and investing in these companies and owning a piece of these companies in order to build our own wealth. So I would highly, 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 highly recommend that you look inside your workplace and make sure that you're taking advantage of the tools and resources that they offer. Before we get out of here, if you still haven't picked up on where to start investing on in the stock market, this is where you should start. Look around your house. What kind? What kind of products do you have around the house? Nike, Adidas, Champion, uh, Johnson and Johnson, whatever the case may be. Find out the the owners of these companies and buy stock in those companies. Agreed. Agreed. That way, as you're shopping, you're paying yourself too. Mm-hmm. Facts. Facts. Start there. Listen, I own, you know I got to own Amazon because, man, old lady be busting her head with that. That was a package that came today. Absolutely. <laughs> so, you know I got to own some Amazon. Mm-hmm. Apple, you know, we I'm on a MacBook right now, iPhone. Shout out team team Apple, you know what I'm saying? Yes. Nike. Cause I gotta stay fresh with the Air Max. Got to. You know what I mean? <clears throat> so those are really, really good place to start. And by the way, those are reputable companies. That, so that's a great that's a great piece of advice, okay? Yes. Glad you said that. After I looked around my house and I saw all these iPods and Laptop, Mac laptops. Man, I had to run to my Robinhood app and get me some Apple stock. And I'm, I'm, this, this not a, a Robinhood ad. No, not at all. But Robinhood is showing me, Robinhood is showing me these notifications when I'm getting these dividends too. Oh man. So. Well, let me speak on that. Let me speak on dividends because I think dividends are. I don't know, one of the best kept secrets about the market. Yes. I, I mean, I absolutely love um, dividend stocks. So so let me explain. I'm, I'm going to walk through just kind of the, I'm going to walk through my own pyramid of how I invest. And then I'll, I'll end with dividends. So at the very bottom of my base is real estate. Uh, own home property started with that next on that is the investment types that we were talking about 
the 401ks, index fund, mutual funds. Uh, me and my my wife both um, invest pretty heavily in those. Again, make sure we take advantage of what our companies offer that we work for, and the free money that's out there. Get it all. Mm-hmm. And then, then we dabble in like the Robinhood individual stocks. Um, you know, some some more riskier ETFs and things of that nature. Crypto. You know, just very small amounts. Just exposing ourselves, getting our feet wet, like we yeah. talked about. And then um, one thing beyond that, one thing that I like to do is. I like to invest in dividend stocks. And so I literally will go out and Google what are your top uh, dividend paying stocks. And, and and just to clarify, a dividend stock is a company that not only allows you to buy a piece of their company, but they also share their profits with their shareholders. So for example, I may own a piece of company X and company X may have had a profitable quarter and company X decides hey in addition to our stock price going up all of our shareholders are going to give them a percentage of the profit so I may make a few dollars because I own a piece of that stock so I get the dividend which is the, a share of the profit I get the equity from the increase in the stock price, and last but not least, I still own my piece of the company. I love dividends. I call them the trifecta. It's like the gift that keeps on giving. Yes. Uh, some companies pay dividends every month. Some pay every quarter. Some pay twice a year. Uh, many of them don't pay at all. But um, you know, again, that's why research is important. It's, it's important for you to go out there and look and see what company is doing what. And <clears throat> to keep to keep on this. To keep on this dividend talk, I've heard of um, I've heard of people owning so much stock to where they're living off their monthly dividends <laughs> throughout the year. It's it's possible. It's possible. It is possible. Conceptually, That's crazy. Conceptually, it's possible. Um, you know, I think uh, I think there's definitely a way to buy so much of a dividend paying company mm -hmm. that you can literally get you know income monthly that would allow you to live pretty comfortably I, 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 conceptually I can see how that works right. now I do invest in a lot of companies that pay dividends monthly but I will say I'm nowhere near at the point where I can live off that. Mm -hmm. But it is, <laughs> but it is nice, you yeah. know, to get get the money that comes in because it, it literally, when you least expect it, you got boom a little little nugget sitting there that you can be like, you oh, know yeah. what, I can either take that as cash or I can reinvest it however I want to do it, or I can take it and buy some other stock that I had my eye on. So um, it is a really cool investment. But yeah, some people do. I I, I know a couple people that do it and. Uh, They've had to invest a lot to be able to get to that point, but again, that's why investing is such a cool thing because not only do they own a company, but they can live off the, the dividends from it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, and with that, I would say this, and we said this in our previous episode, the operative word 
is now. The operative word is now. While the market is bare. Yes. Or in the red. Yes. Right now is a great time to consider buying stock. And we're, we're, we're in the month of May, uh, May 2022. And a lot can change, and it can change pretty quickly. But when the market is in a down uh, trend like this, a lot of the pricing on stocks is below where it would normally be. It's almost like walking into a thrift store or a retailer and buying stuff on sale. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the way I like it. Like a TJ Maxx. Like a TJ Maxx. Yeah. You know, you uh, can... Or when uh, Belk used to have them sales <laughs> back when uh, Polo was it. Yeah, man. Yeah. What do you mean it was it? I still wear Polo now. I mean, it was Polo was bigger. <laughs> it's, it's, it was bigger than it is now. To I me, agree. I'll say that. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We're getting old, man. We're getting We're old. We're getting old. But, yeah, now, now is a great time to consider uh, jumping in. Because it, it does make a lot of financial sense right now. Again, this is not advice. These are just our thoughts and our opinions. This is our conversation. It's our conversation. You know, proceed with caution. And that's probably the most important thing. Yes. All investing involves risk. I'll say it again. All investing involves risk. Proceed with caution. Do your homework. Ask questions. The internet is your friend. Find out what you can. Um, and just don't go out and make an emotional decision. Make a logical decision. I always like to say when I'm investing, logic over emotions, right? Don't go in just because you feel good about it. Go in because it makes sense to you. And then execute your plan from there. Final thoughts? Final thoughts? Operative word is now. Operative word is now. You know, we started this episode talking about Black Wall Street, and we talked about the Tulsa race massacre. And if you read up on the community of Black Wall Street, they were doing some really, really incredible things in the 1920s. I mean, even more so, in some cases, more so then than we do now as a community. And the fact that it was all disrupted and people were killed because of their success um, really just reminds me as a constant reminder that we have to always be thinking about moving forward and pushing through any perceived obstacles that are in our way today. So I don't know what your situation is or what your current hesitation is or what your plan is. All I would say to you is that we are standing on the shoulders and the backs of our ancestors, and the operative word is now. Now. My final thoughts. The stock market and Black Wall Street is a great place to employ your income. Mm. Well... (laughs) 